Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Clay Nully with TSAOG Orthopedics currently, but when this podcast drops, I will be at a faculty member at the University of Missouri. I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Bogdan Matash today. Dr. Matash is an assistant professor at Laval University in Quebec City, and specifically as a shoulder, hip, and knee and sports medicine surgeon there. He was the lead author on a paper entitled Knotted versus Knotless Anchors for Labral Repair in the Shoulder, a Systematic Review, which was published in the April 2021 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal. Bogdan, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Clayton. Thanks a lot for having me. It's an honor to be here. Let's start with just giving a brief background of the study and then the main results that you and your co-authors found. Sure. And uh, just before getting started, I wanted to you know, send a shout out to my co-authors, uh, especially um, Owen Hurley, who was our PhD student extraordinaire during my time as a fellow at NYU Langone, as well as uh, the senior author, Kirk Campbell, on the paper. So during my fellowship at, at NYU Langone, as, as I was doing a n- number of shoulder instability procedures, I had gotten my hands at trying some of the knotless anchors that had come to market in recent years. And, and um, I went to the literature to see what sort of evidence was uh, was was you know, was was published on the use of knotless anchors for labor repair. And there have been a number of higher level studies in the past few years, both clinical and biomechanical, that have uh, compared knotless to knotted anchors, but nobody had previously synthesized this into a systematic review. So that was sort of the um, the idea behind uh, the study. So the, we, we sort of undertook that as a group and um, did the uh, the systematic review uh, f- uh, based off of that. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you guys did that because it's definitely something I think that, that a lot of people is, is talk about fairly often and, and has come up in the last few years, you know, knotted versus knotless, especially with kind of the big wave of knotless anchors and multiple joints, but especially the the shoulder uh, in particular. So, you know, the primary findings was was really that there's the clinical results showed no, no clinical significant differences in outcomes between the two anchors. Um, and that included bank art repair, slap repair, and even posterior labral repair. Um, so did this, did the findings of this, did they surprise you at all? Did it not surprise you? Did it change the way you or anybody at NYU or, or where you are that now at Laval change your practice at all? Yeah, well, just, just to clarify that. So, so th- there, there's certainly some evidence that's lacking in the field of posterior labral, um, uh, repairs for, for comparing knotless and knotted anchors. And, um, you, you know, it seems to not, currently it seems like there's no significant difference between the, the two types of anchors, but there's still a little bit of research left to do on that to, to really, uh, better elucidate that. Um, but, and, and there are some differences in, in biomechanical findings that we found that were a little bit, you know, some, some of the studies showing better outcomes with the, with the knotted anchors, other ones showing better outcomes with the knotless. So there's a little, there were a little more spread out in terms of the, uh, the outcomes for the biomechanicals uh, um, uh, data, but sh- for sure, like you said, the, the clinical outcomes don't appear to be any different. And honestly, I think with the technology that's available these days for, for knotless anchors, it's gotten to the point where it keeps getting better and better and surgeons are getting more and more familiar and at ease with uh, using these anchors. And so I think it, it, it goes to, it follows that, that uh, they're performing as well as a well done uh, knotted anchor and sometimes better uh, in some studies. In all of these studies, um, even the knotless anchors, they were all solid anchors, right? None of the studies were on comparing uh, all suture uh, anchors or all suture knotless anchors. That's right. And uh, there's actually a, project that just came out uh, it was published in asmar uh, i think i think in february by dr millet's group uh, out of vale that compared knotless to knotted all suture anchors uh, which was uh, which was an interesting one because it was it was the first one of its kind as as far as i can uh, as far as i can remember and 
that one actually showed that the knotless anchors performed better than knotted anchors all suture uh, if there was any sort of differential tensioning of the suture limbs in the knotted anchors uh, but they performed equivocally to knotted anchors where the limbs were tensioned uh, uh, equally, so to speak. So I, I think that study is actually kind of interesting because it just goes to show that as, you know, we're, we're training residents and fellows if, uh, to, to tie these knots, if the knots aren't tied properly um, and, you know, they're, the, 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 there's more tension applied to one of the limbs rather than the other, they're not going to be as tight as we'd like them to be or that, that we think they are. And so knotless anchors sort of eliminates a little bit of that sort of the learning curve, if you will. Yeah, so you bring up a great point and one that's oftentimes brought up on the on the podium or at meetings or or when people talk about still doing uh, knots or tying knot stacks or that sort of thing. So, um, do you, what, I mean, do you think that there is still a utility in regularly using knotted anchors as a, as a, for a standard bank art repair or or similar type of repair, um, either just in general practice or in particular uh, at training institutions, uh, so that so that residents and fellows can still learn how to tie knots and still learn utilize knotted anchors in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that in terms of a skill that that's sort of a required learning for any any aspiring arthroscopic surgeon or just even any any surgeon in general that needs to tie a knot in a deep dark hole, um, even through an open approach, it's, it's really important to know how to how to tie an arthroscopic knot and use a knot pusher and and do that properly. Um, so for sure, in any sort of training institution, I think that's a skill that we can't let um, go by the wayside uh, because it, it really is important. Um, I think in terms of you, you know uh, one's own practice, if they don't have any sort of residents or fellows. Um, that's really up to the surgeon's, uh, you know, comfort level and interest in in switching over to the knotless anchors uh, and then sort of their what what they were trained on as as residents and fellows uh, to see what they want. The other consideration is uh, in my healthcare system in Canada, of course, knotless anchors are more expensive than knotted anchors, and so uh, particular Canadian trainees they may they may end up in a center where. Uh, the hospital already has a you know a contract with a company to provide the knotted anchors, and they're not willing to switch over to the knotless ones due to due to cost. So it's it's important to still have that skill and preserve that going forward. I think. Yeah, definitely. I think you know as you mentioned, you know as we become much more facile with arthroscopic techniques, just in general, whether it be anchors or the techniques or visualization. Another one that frequently comes up when we're talking about instability is open shoulder um, repair. You know, or, or versus uh, all arthroscopic type of instability repairs, and and how we're losing some of the skills of of an open shoulder repair because we we do so many things through the scope now. And so I think. I agree with you that having the utility and that skill set is important. You bring up another interesting topic too, and one that's often discussed in the in the knotted versus knotless, and even the double row versus single row and rotator cuff, but more anchors versus less anchors. But certainly, in all of those things, cost is is something that certainly we all want to be cognizant of. And 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 you mentioned the knotless anchors being more expensive than knotted. But one of the things that you guys aptly pointed out in the study as well is that in in some of the studies from the review, the operative time was decreased with knotless anchors. So do you think that somewhat balances out the cost, the greater cost of the anchors themselves? Or can you kind of discuss those variables? Yeah, so the operative time was only reported in a, in a, in a small number of studies uh, comparing the two. Uh, it was enough for us to draw conclusions from uh, showing that operative time is reduced with knotless anchor use, but it wasn't a huge reduction in operative time as far as I can recall. That being said, um, you know, as I mentioned, it was only a few studies that looked at that. So I think, yes, I think there is a certain 
amount of uh, you know cost that is offset by that, particularly more so I think in the sort of sort of the private surgical center uh, model in, in an academic center where you know saving 15 minutes on a case isn't necessarily going to get another patient in the room. Uh, that that itself may not be uh, that that itself may not be offset. So I think certainly going forward. Um, you know, cost cost based analysis uh, studies that are looking at that aspect are, are going to be crucial uh, to to sort of really round round the picture uh, nicely. I think. Yeah, I think that's those are great points. So so you've kind of you have a, a wide array of different type of clinical setting in in terms of experience. Now you, you when you did this study, as you mentioned, you were a fellow at NYU, which is obviously a a large academic center. And now you mentioned you're in the Canadian system, which is a little bit different healthcare system. And you mentioned some of the cost restraints or some of the kind of other things that you deal with there. So what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing in your current practice and what do you think is kind of the optimal optimal usage from a day-to-day in terms of using knotless anchors versus knotted anchors for you know, first-time dislocating uh, anterior bank art repair? Um, so currently we're in the process actually of switching over to knotless anchors and uh, you know, I have a number of partners in my group that also uh, do shoulder instability surgery and everyone's in agreement uh, that, that these are... Uh, facile to use that um, that they do reduce operative time and that with some of the newer anchor designs especially some of the all suture ones um, the, the the amount of tensioning is quite reliable so I know that uh, you know in my training most surgeons felt most comfortable putting the inferior one to two anchors using a knotted anchor if they were going to then go knotless above that I think that uh, so far in my practice, I've, I've just gone all knotless and, and I found that uh, the bumper effect and everything that you want to achieve is actually um, achievable using all knotless without having this to start off with the, with the knotted suture below. I think it's more technique driven rather than anchor driven at this point. Um, uh, so that's, that's sort of how I've been, I've been going so far. Yeah, I think those are terrific points. I think um, my experience mirrors you and is very similar, you know, historically trying to get really low for an instability type of case. And, you know, it's the six o'clock position or even, you know, 530 or 730 or what have you inferior on the glenoid. Um, that used to oftentimes be a knotted anchor just from accessibility and feasibility. But now with some of the curved guides that are available and really low profile guides, and now especially with vices that um, are a little bit more malleable and can bend with some of the curved guides, I think accessibility to get in really low on the glenoid and even circumferentially all around the glenoid is a lot easier. And is definitely from a technique standpoint made the knotless anchors much more feasible um, in that kind of 360 degree window uh, of the labrum. And so I, I, I would say my experience mirrors yours in that um, historically maybe I did more knotted anchors lower or for, for some of the other type of repairs or a big bony bony bank art repair or something like that. But now with some of these newer, is these not, the knotless anchors make it very easy to get down there and very easy to tension uh, appropriately, I think. Yeah, and the other the other nice thing, as you know, is is not having to worry about a big knot stack. Even if you do your best uh, job possible to to make sure that your post is on the non articular side, it's 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 really nice not having to see that uh, staring you in the face. Yeah, for sure. So, is there? Would you say that there's still a clear indication or, or a certain type of pathology that you see where you say, no, I'm definitely going to use a knotted anchor in this situation, um, or are you pretty much going into most cases thinking that you're going to be able to use knotless for most things? I haven't yet really figured out an indication for for really wanting to go with a knotted anchor. So I think for me right now, it's 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 pretty much just been all knotless. Uh, I think perhaps if you know some of the some of the knotless anchors that I've come across, the you can really over not I don't want to say over tension, but 
you know, if you're not careful or depending on who's pulling on the, uh, on the tensioning strand, you can really, you can really tension that, that labrum quite tight. And if perhaps if the tissue quality might not be as reliable, uh, perhaps having maybe a bit of better control in some settings with a knot with a standard knotted anchor might, might be more desirable, but, um, I can't say that I've, that I've sort of formulated an, an opinion on that yet. That being said, I am early on into my practice. So, um, I'm still sort of formulating my opinions as, as we go each day. Yeah, no, that's a great technical point that you make though. Uh, you know, with the, with the knotless anchors, you, you certainly can, you know, you set the tension as you mentioned. And so you can certainly, uh, over tension and, and even under tension. And, um, I think it's potentially one of the benefits of some of the knotless anchors though, too, is that you can set that tension even after the anchor is placed and after your stitch is placed is that you can really dial in the, the tension appropriately. But I think your point is a very good one and a very valid one that you have to do that very carefully and, and, and do it, um, appropriately. Well, any other closing thoughts? This was a great systematic review, so great congratulations to you and your authors. But any other closing thoughts uh, going forward? No, well, thank you so much for uh, for having me on here. I think uh, you know, just to summarize, I think that there's still work to be done in this field. I don't want to say, uh, and I don't want to be misquoted as saying that we should abandon the use of knotted anchors. I think that we need to have further studies that sort of really differentiate which types of knotless versus knotted anchors we're talking about. As you mentioned, suture versus uh, peak versus biocomposite um, and sort of elucidate that and then follow that up with a cost comparison analysis. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose our ability to tie and teach how to tie uh, arthroscopic knots. Excellent points. Dr. Matash, knotless anchors for labor repair and the shoulder, a systematic review can be found in the April 2021 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal or online at arthroscopyjournal.org. Again, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Clayton. Take care. That concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to give us a five-star review on your podcast device. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association of North America or the Arthroscopy Journal. Mm-hmm.